and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, finding Bigfoot. Or more precisely, how can we find Bigfoot? And there are three particular ways that I'd like to look at today. And I have links uh, listed to the articles and sites at the Twitter account, UFO Warning. You can get there by going to at warning sub UFO. And you can link to these articles, uh, websites to see what you find there, and how you think it relates to the effort to finding Bigfoot. Now, there are some some major ways that oftentimes people think about when the topic of Bigfoot comes up. And first off, the one major question people always has is, why hasn't Bigfoot been sighted on Google Maps or on one of the satellite services? And I think the reason this question comes up is because people aren't exactly aware of uh, how the typical uh, retail satellite systems work. Uh, as was explained recently, uh, when somebody thought they'd found a image of, I think it was uh, the Loch Ness Monster maybe, or maybe uh, Champ on Lake Champlain, Google uh, scientists came out and explained that when you look at an image of Google Maps, it's not just simply one picture, but it's a composite of pictures as uh, various satellites orbit the Earth, and they take multiple pictures of the same location, and then what we actually see is a composite picture of that. It's not like uh, it's not like Google Maps where you have street view, where someone's driving along in a Google car taking pictures of people while they're out on the sidewalk. Nobody's driving through the, through the uh, timber taking pictures of uh, prospective Bigfoots and posting it online. It just doesn't work that way. And I found this article on, um, I think it was a Reddit um, post, and somebody said, uh, the question was, a Bigfoot is hiding in, in the Canada Pine Forest. Why haven't the thermal imaging satellites picked up the huge animal all this time, and then it says, is there some way an animal can hide from thermal imaging cameras, maybe by putting snow on themselves? And I found the best answer down here. It has six answers, but down the page a little bit, somebody took the time to write a very long, detailed answer. They said, not all warm-blooded animals stand out on thermal imaging. The example comes to mind is a polar bear, which is so effective at heat retention that scientists are trying to mimic, mimic it for, self, for stealth and camouflage reasons. Now that's pretty cool to think that the polar bear is so efficient at um, holding on to its body heat that the thermal cameras have a hard time picking it up. It says the Canadian forests are also quite cold, so it would be of little surprise to me if a Bigfoot creature which inhabited such a region was also close to invisible on thermal tracking. As for hiding from satellite tracking, this would be a lot easier than you think for several reasons. First is that just because we have complete satellite coverage across the planet doesn't mean that all that data actually gets looked at. Most of it is only checked if there is a good reason to do so. It may be possible, for instance, that Russia may be spying on on, on Canada, uh, Canadian ground due to mineral resources and oil competitions, for instance. But even then, that means looking for new humans or building operations that might be oil wells, mines, derricks, and the like. Secondly, 
Even if the tracking satellite data is being used by scientists working on wildlife studies, something the size and thermal signature of Bigfoot is probably going to be assumed to be some form of bear. Bears are known to be in the forest, whereas Bigfoot aren't, and as such, the default categorization will be to something that is expected to be there, not put to the side as a potential spotting of something new. I think that's an excellent point. Oftentimes, when we are in search of new scientific discoveries, the people doing the searching have intense normalcy biases. So there's no way they're going to risk their career by calling something out as a as a cryptoid such as a, a Bigfoot. It says, finally, there is also the fact that we're talking forest, meaning that visuals are going to be obscured from full view most of the time. And at best, even if you were evaluating satellite data to refine the location of a ground team to go in to search for Bigfoot, seeing an obscure animal profile from space, and then going in and trying to find that same animal on the ground for definitive proof are two very different things. Bigfoot may not know about satellites, but it will definitely know about these dangerous creatures called humans that clamber through the forest looking for them. Above all else, never undervalue complacency as a shield. When in doubt, most people who are going to be reviewing the data are going to be are going to interpret the data in the manner most conducive to generating the least amount of possible work for them. That is an excellent point. I think sometimes, uh, even though myself included, we are prone to view what the individuals, the, the wheels and cogs in this bureaucracy do, with a skeptic eye uh, tending, toward, uh, tending toward conspiracy. Sometimes I think it's just the fact that they're lazy. The people behind these desks oftentimes are looking to do the least amount of work. And the last thing in the world they want to do is generate a bunch of more paperwork for themselves. So why on earth would they uh, risk their reputation and standing in their, in their uh, job environment to call something a Bigfoot when their boss is simply going to tell them that's a brown bear, shut up, you have a demotion coming your way. Spies are not going to go too too loudly to proclaim the discovery of a Bigfoot and have to explain what their satellites were doing there in the first place. Prospectors are not going to loudly proclaim the discovery of Bigfoot and have to justify why they should be allowed to disturb a pristine environment with hitherto unknown life forms roaming around in it. Well, that's true. If you stop and think about a lot of these big corporations that are that are using these uh, commercial satellite images, where you would likely see what might be a Bigfoot, what would be their motive to possibly keep them from using an asset which they have purchased. Say they've, say they've purchased, purchased a lease to drill for oil or mine, or mine minerals on an enormous tract of government land and they spent millions of dollars. I mean, are, should we really think that they're going to risk that because somebody thinks they saw a Bigfoot in a satellite image? My my inclination would be to think that they would be more inclined to erase that image than to talk about it. It says even climate scientists are not going to loudly proclaim the discovery of Bigfoot and have to explain their interpretation to the mainstream body of scientists without any clear proof to support their statements. <clears throat> this is all especially so when you think of the fact that most people will be of the opinion that if Bigfoot is out there, then he would have been found by now. Because let's face it, we have all this satellite tracking technology out there. 
that would have found him by now. So you not only have to combat complacency, but a growing belief that someone else should have found him by now that becomes stronger the longer Bigfoot remains undiscovered. And I think that's a pretty excellent reply to that. Now, there's also um, a couple other things that I posted uh, on there, actually. And if we can get to those in just a second. There was a... There was a recent, well, not recent, it was actually from, I believe, uh, 2009. And this is another way that um, we can really, you would think there, there would be more evidence um, found. But the fact is, there seems to be a, a real shortage of game camera footage. Now, we get these... Um, regularly we get these uh, sometimes blurry or questionable uh, pictures but I think I think I when you really examine this some of this stuff might actually be real and maybe because we've been so programmed to be um, skeptical that this stuff just hasn't made it into the mainstream media now I found this article here it came from BemidaPioneer.com. You can go to the site and get the link. And the title is Bigfoot in the North Woods. Automatic camera picks up strange image near Rimmer. Now, like I said, this article was back from, I believe, 2009. It says Tim, Kred Tim Kedrowski and his sons, Peter and Casey, are not pushovers for Bigfoot stories, but a frame on a game trail camera set up on their hunting land North of Rimmer has left them in a in a quandary. It's December 10th. It says the picture was taken 2009. Now you can go to um, you can go to the Twitter site UFO Warning and you can click on the link here and see this picture. And at first I saw it and I was just like, well, I don't know. It looks like it could be somebody in a suit. But the more I look at this thing, it's just one picture. The quality's not great. But as I look at it, the legs are, are what get me. The legs seems to be so straight, and it seems to be too long from the knee down. The back is a little weird. The, whole, the shoulders are, are a little hunched. I just don't know. You know, you, you, you have no proof in this situation. You just have two people that come to you and say, this is what we took. And, you know, it's odd enough that I couldn't, I, you know, I just couldn't look at these people and say, well, I think you're hoaxing this. But... It does seem questionable, and I think a lot of the stuff that we get as evidence on Bigfoot, you just have to look at it and say, well, I just don't know. It's odd. It looks like, you know, it would have been an awful lot of work for somebody to put on a, you know, a Bigfoot suit and go out here in the fall and do this. I'm not sure why they'd really want to do that with the game camera. And the more you look at this thing, the more you think, wow, that is so weird. And it goes on, it says... It says, quote, to us, it's very hard because we lean toward the skeptical side. Kedrowski said in a telephone interview from his Rice, Minnesota home, but after checking with neighbors and any other hunters who might have been walking through the dense woods at 7.20 p.m. on the rainy night of October 24th, he said they couldn't imagine 
what else the image could be. Tim said he considered ideas from a bear to a bow hunter in a fuzzy suit, but the arm and hand couldn't be a bear's or its upright gait, and there is no evidence in the photo of a bow or a flashlight a hunter might be using to track a wounded deer. Now, i got to agree, you look at the picture, the hand is very elongated. It does not look like a bear paw. The Kandowskis checked the Minnesota Bigfoot website and came up with the name of Don Sherman and Bob Olson, the Northern Minnesota Bigfoot research team. Sherman is the facilities manager for the Cass Lake Indian Health Service Hospital, and Olson is an auto body repairman in Deer River. Well, they seem like they have normal jobs, but they... These two fellows do have an interest in Bigfoot. Sherman has responded to numerous area Bigfoot sighting reports and has made cast of footprints. He said he once caught footage of a Bigfoot on a thermal imaging camera and heard its warbling call. Now that is a couple of the other things that we that you know in our arsenal as far as finding Bigfoot, and that is when we're able to make cast of these tracks and recordings of their calls. Now, obviously some of these tracks have turned out to be fakes, but um, as this uh, research has developed, researchers have gotten a lot better, I think, at sorting out the obvious fakes and, and leaving us with the samples of these footprints that really do appear as though they might be authentic, especially when you consider how heavy these things are and how far down the tracks depress hard earth. You know, it takes a lot of weight to do that. It seems like it would take an extraordinary effort for somebody to be able to fake that. Also with the calls, we've seen plenty of uh, recorded investigations where people make calls and these things seem to be calling back. Now I suppose those could be hoaxes, but some of the evidence does seem to clearly point to some other non-human species making these sounds. I mean, when they're recording these things in, in areas of forest that are at great distances from um, any kind of civilization, any kind of city. The article goes on and says, When Sherman saw the image of the Kedrowskis sent him, Tim said the researcher responded that he believes it is a picture of Bigfoot. Sherman went with Kedrowski to the photo site and measured the height of the creature in comparison to the sapling next to it. He determined the animal is about seven foot tall. That's very interesting. We have this picture, and and fortunately they got an investigator out there right away to examine the area in which the picture was taken, and then he was able to compare the uh, object, in this case what we think is Bigfoot, in the picture. He was able to compare that to the surrounding vegetation, to the sapling tree, which he could measure by scale, and says, hey, this thing's seven foot tall. Doesn't sound like uh, they could have found a person big enough, probably, to put on a Bigfoot suit and take this picture. He says, I've hunted there for 43 years, Tim said, of their property near Shingle Mill Lake. I've seen one bear off my deer stand. I've seen three timber wolves. Casey Kodowski said he and his brother had gone to the family's hunting shack prior to the deer season to bring in firewood and make other preparations. They set up a game trail camera to see what might be wandering around their property. Casey said he and his brother were the only people who knew where the camera was located. They took the camera down, 
when deer season started and a couple of weeks later checked on what they had caught. When they came to the picture of the long-armed creature walking upright, Casey said, We just looked at each other. Each of us thought we were playing a trick on each other. When they determined that neither of them had pulled a prank on the other, they checked to see if anyone had been in the area that night. Tim said the only neighbors were two elderly hunters to their own shack, neither of whom matched the size and appearance of the creature caught on camera. However, he said, when he asked the men about the night the camera clicked on the mystery, they said they had gone out about 2 a.m. to use the outhouse and had heard strange squealing noises. Tim said he asked them to show him them the direction of the sounds. They pointed to the area where the camera had been, although they had no idea of its location. Then it goes on and says, sharing photo. Tim said he just released the photo and permission for its publication last weekend. It was deer season, and we wanted to concentrate on deer hunting, and we really wanted to talk to people in the area and make sure they weren't scamming us, he said. We're not 100% sure, obviously. After visiting with Sherman and Olson, we feel they've done a lot more investigation. That's why we put it in their hands. Sherman said the northern Minnesota Bigfoot research team started receiving reports of Bigfoot sightings in 2006 and has had reports every year since, including four reports this year. He said He said the first reported sighting he investigated was from a man running around running a road grader near Six Mile Lake south, <clears throat> near Six Mile Lake south of Lake Winnebogashish. Sherman said he was able to make cast of footprints. A more recent sighting report was by a truck driver. I've talked to this guy. This was last year. He was coming from Crosby, Minnesota with a load of lumber by Washburn Lake, Sherman said. It had it had hands, he said, like baseball mitts. It took three steps to cross the road. He was pretty shook up. Doubt expressed. And in spite of such seemingly credible reports, biologists remain unconvinced. Personally, I don't buy... The fact that this thing exists, exists as blame chemic. And then it goes on and it has some of your normal uh, doubters and debunkers, which I don't really want to get into. But I think the important thing to take from this is that game cameras can be a, uh, a, a really, I think, uh, unique and kind of a grassroots way of finding these things. Now, the one last way that we can track these things, I, I believe, is through uh, possibly just people reporting uh, on, on maps. Now, this site I located to here is from, the article comes from The Sun, and it, it explains how people are using uh, Google Maps to track UFO sightings and also to track uh, Bigfoot sightings. Now, the article comes from thesun.com, and the date is June 14th. 2020. And the title is Alien Tracker. These eerie Google Maps reveal UFO and Bigfoot sightings in your area. It says a pair of free maps available via Google highlight mysterious UFO and Bigfoot sightings where you live. The user-generated tools pinpoint reported encounters across the globe based on news reports spanning several decades. And then it says this Google Maps tool pinpoints Bigfoot and UFO sightings reported across the USA. The USA. 
It says, hundreds of alleged Bigfoot and UFO sightings have hit headlines since the mid-20th century, though none are backed by irrefutable proof. And while scientists have widely, de- have, have widely denounced the observation as nonsense, reporters have con- reports have continued to pour in. The two sighting maps here uploaded to Google My Maps, which lets users put together custom maps and share them on the web. Now, I've... I went ahead, and uh, the links are connected there, and you could link on. I haven't done it yet. I probably should. I've just been busy today. Uh, it's a Google's app, which has got a, like a 3.8 rating. There seems to be a lot of complaints about it being slow or, or somewhat ineffective. But I think the idea is a good one. And the idea is that, that just the observer, the people who observe the paranormal event, whatever it is, Bigfoot, UFO, whatever, can go in on the app, and they can give the location of the event and a description, and then we as researchers can go back and search these maps. We can search reports by the location. And this, I think, is creating an important database. Makes you wonder why the Park Service couldn't do something like this for all the missing people. You know, they want to charge David Politis like, what, a million dollars or something for a list of missing people? When all you have to do is use a, Google, a Google's map app to list a person's name, date, and place where they disappeared at. This is a really good example, I think, of where uh, people at the grassroots level, the the ground level, are using the technology that we have uh, at our fingertips and our cell phones to begin to collect and organize UFO data, or in this case, Bigfoot sighting data. Now, the article continues and finishes up here. It says... The first sighting map, crafted by U.S. conspiracy group the Crypto Crew, marks Bigfoot, UFO, and other odd sightings. It says, The pins marking the locations may not be spot-on, but are very close in most cases. But some are spot-on, the map's description reads. Clicking on a location brings up more information about it, such as the date and nature of the reported sighting. In total, the map has dozens of alleged encounters to scan through, including famous sightings in California and New York. The second user-generated map put together by an anonymous user focuses on reported UFO sightings across the globe. And then below that it has a uh, just an example of, of uh, the picture of the map here in the UK showing the sightings of multiple UFO sightings and where they were located at. It says that includes UK encounters with UFOs such as the 1974 sighting by hikers in Landrillo, Wales. Described as a bang and a flash of white light, the incident, dubbed the Welsh Roswell, was dismissed as an earthquake and a meteor combining. Fortunately, most scientists agree that nearly all alien encounters can be explained by mistaken identity. Many sightings are simply the result of asteroids burning up in our atmosphere, leaving a bright streak across the sky, or the dull flashing glow of a distant satellite. We're much more likely to find an alien life in the habitable zone of a distant planet than we are here on Earth. Even then, it's far more likely we'll find tiny microbes, blah, blah, blah. The point with this article that I liked, and the point that I want to take away from this, is that we have two maps that have now been created as a way to... Uh, report and sort this data. That's very important. We have to collect the data 
and then we have to sort it. Now here the data has been collected, okay, and it's being sorted according to location. And the cool thing about that is if you're listening to this podcast or if you're just doing some research on your own, you can go onto an app like this. You can type in the address, apparently, and it will tell you about the sighting you're looking at. Once you know where something's been sighted at, you can visually see images of the very spot where the sighting took place, whether it was a UFO or a Bigfoot. It makes it a lot easier to decide for yourself if how the uh, sighting's been reported rings true or if it's, in fact, uh, a misrepresentation or... Uh, maybe, maybe someone's mistaken, or even a hoax. At any point, these are the three, the three tools I think right now that that are brought up a lot when it comes to finding Bigfoot. Two of them I think are very helpful. The third, uh, satellite imagery, other than letting us know where uh, suitable habit, habitat might be, well, probably not so helpful. Whether or not. Uh, Bigfoot is an actual animal or some type of interdimensional paranormal expression like I think it is uh, also comes into play. But but I think what we see happening now with uh, the advancement in technology and the way these cell phones are really uh, cranking it up is being able for people to be able to instantly communicate where they have spotted this paranormal object or had this paranormal experience. They can give a quick description and they can pinpoint the location on the map. And this is going to go a long way in recording and sorting Bigfoot and UFO data. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.